0: Hello and welcome to Simply Why. I am your host, Connor Reed. Simply Why is a deep dive into the stories behind our outcomes. Our guests share the choices that changed their lives, the paths that led them to where they are, and of course, the why at the heart of it all. Our guest today is Shannon Anderson. Shannon is a former teacher of 25 years and now a children's book author and speaker. She has published 15 books with titles such as Why is for Yet, Penelope Perfect, Too Shy to Say Hi, And most recently, I Love Strawberries. She graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University with a master's degree in education and was one of the subjects in our IW is How commercial spots. Shannon, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: All right. Well, we'll get started off with the hard, really intense questions first. Just get them out of the way. (laughs) First off, pizza or burgers?
1: Oh, pizza.
0: (laughs) Alliterations or rhymes?
1: Ooh, that's so hard. Well, can't we have alliterated rhymes?
0: (laughs) Ooh, good answer. Winnie the Pooh or Curious George? Winnie the Pooh. Good choice. All right, your books for children aren't just about kind of like a moral of the story in the sense that whenever I was growing up, I read like Roll Doll, where it's like, don't eat too much chocolate. (laughs) Don't swallow chewing gum. Don't chew gum, you know, that sort of a thing. But that a lot of your books are like, It's okay to fail. It's okay to struggle through these parts of life because it's not easy.
1: Right. I mean, actually, sometimes when we fail in our process of learning, it strengthens us and makes us do even better, learn even better, and remember more about the experience. So I want kids to understand that. That's part of why I wrote Penelope Perfect. I don't want kids to be perfectionists and feel like the expectations from their parents from their teachers from the world is that they have to do things perfectly. Instead, it's all about, you know, trying new things and trying to just become better to make progress.
0: So obviously, education is a big part of your career. Where did that spark of wanting to be an educator and realizing how that also ties into your own personal education? Where did that come from?
1: I always was one of those that just loved learning. I am a forever nerd. And I mean, even now I still am constantly taking classes, workshops. I've always just kind of been wired that way. A pivotal moment for me in deciding to be a teacher was when I was able to help my own mom when I was in high school to get her GED and saw the power of an education and how that can make a difference. It just felt really good to be able to help someone through that. And Then I knew in high school that I wanted to be able to do that for kids like for the rest of my life.
0: That's also quite a task too. I've done a little bit of substitute teaching before and substitute teaching kids is not an easy task at all. So (laughs) what made you decide that you wanted especially to teach kids?
1: I've just always had a love for kids. I think it's their natural curiosities and that they still have that love for learning. They just are so inquisitive. And at the college level, that's when they're preparing to jump off into their careers. So they, again, see that value in learning things that they're going to be using. And they can, they're can. they close enough to that finish line that they do understand this is important. And so you, again, have those active participants that are excited to learn that information because it's specific to what they need.
0: And that's also very apparent in your books as well, like just with I Love Strawberries or just like wanting to learn how to grow strawberries. And how did that tie into you wanting to also be a children's author and putting those themes in your books?
1: Well, part of what inspired me for becoming a children's book author, there were a lot of things. One of them was I was an early reader and just loved reading. Like my mom has pictures of me reading on my little blow up couch And then my high school job was working in a public library and our library was two floors. The upstairs was the adult section and the downstairs was the children's section, the whole downstairs. And I was fortunate enough to be put in the children's area. And so I would get done with school and come in and take over from four until eight o'clock when the library closed. And so I got to essentially be the children's librarian for the evening. And I loved it when families would come and the parents would go around and look around upstairs, but they would just send their kids down to me and I could match them to a book. If I was done shelving books for the day, I could sit and read with them. But another thing was when I was a fifth grader, we had a school-wide writing contest and it was in preparation for an author that was visiting our school. And it was the first author visit that we had had since I was in elementary school. And I remember her getting up in front of the gym. We were all seated on the floor. She was holding a copy of her book, but she was also holding my little book I had made for the writing contest. And then she announced that I had won the school-wide writing contest. I got an autographed copy of her book, and I will forever remember that moment. It inspired me. I was already excited just to hear her speak. You know, she wrote a book. And then to find out that she enjoyed my book too, that really helped change me. And that I used to be a diary and journal writer, but that was a kind of writing that was just for me. But this story was something that, you know, was meant to be shared. And it was the first time I ever thought of, oh, someone else could enjoy my writing too. When I was in that library job, I was like, how cool would it be if someday one of my books was on that library shelf? And now they are. And so that's really cool that that happened. When I was teaching in those 25 years, you know, my two favorite times of the day were one, read aloud time when I got to read books to kids. But then the other part is the writing. You know, I loved getting kids excited about creating their own stories and using their imagination and creativity. As soon as I had the opportunity to start learning how to write the children's books, because, you know, they seem very simple when you open a children's book and you think "Ah, I could write that they're actually pretty difficult to write. It turns out, and many people, many published authors, you know, they spend years getting the craft right to get a book to publication. All of those things combined, I guess, kind of helped me decide that I really wanted to do that.
0: That's really cool. And it sounded like that author moment was such a pivotal moment for you. And I know one of the just absolutely incredible things that you do is that whenever you're teaching, you publish your students' books and also made stuffed animals out of their illustrations. And that is just one of the coolest things I've ever heard. How was that experience for you and how did that idea come about for you?
1: Oh my goodness. That is my favorite project of the year. Like bar none, the day that those stuffed animals come in is the best day of the year. You feel kind of like it's Christmas and you get to be Santa Claus handing these out to these kids. Back when I was teaching first grade, I used to have my kids make a class book because of course in first grade, they're not writing a whole lot. So I would have them do books like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they would have to give, you know, what it is they want to be and why, and what would be cool about it? What might be challenging about it? and so they had one whole page of writing, and then they would illustrate a page, and I would put all of those together and send it off to be made into a hardcover class book, and then I stopped teaching first grade because I was asked to be a literacy coach to coach all of the teachers K through five, so I did that for many years, and I loved that because most of the time the teachers wanted coaching and writing, and I loved getting to come in and take over their class and write with their kids, but then I missed being in the classroom, and I when there was a third grade opening, I asked if I could have it. And so I went into third grade and I'm like, oh, these kids can write. I mean, like, this isn't like first grade, they can write a whole story. And so I immediately knew that they needed to each write their own book and get that made into a hardcover book. But then I thought, how cool would that be if this idea for their character, for their story, everything that they've thought of in their own mind became something tangible. And I don't mean just the book, but their character could come to life in some way. And so then I found out about a company that makes these stuffed animals from kids' drawings. So it wasn't like some generic thing. Like if they had a bunny in their book, I tried to find a bunny. It was from their drawing, which made it more special, unique. And so I would start writing stories with the kids and then I would send off their drawing to that company and they would start making their stuffed animal that went with their character or stuffed person or whatever it was. And then the day that that I had the books in and the stuffed animals in, I would have this big reveal where each kid would get to go up to the box one at a time and pull out their stuffed animal. And their their instant reaction was always to hug it. And there wasn't a day in the month that we worked on these projects that they ever wanted to skip writing time. But then it just kind of kept branching out. I mean, I started adding things to it. Like I would buy a white dress every year and let them draw their characters on the dress. And I would wear it to the publication party. I would get, you know, like Hanes white t-shirts for them in bulk so they could make a shirt for themselves. We made movie trailers to go with their book and stuffed animal that they could do a little commercial. And then we would have the parents come in. And we would display the books and stuffed animals and let them watch the trailers of all of the books and just have a grand celebration. And even now that I'm out of teaching, I've done it with homeschool groups. I even did it with a public school that was only an hour away from me where I went once a week for 14 weeks. That's a really, really fun way to get kids excited about writing.
0: Definitely. So now that we've heard a bit about your accomplishments, the things that you've done, how did you find your
1: path to your career? Well, I knew I wanted to do it like all the way back from when I was a senior, but to be honest, as a mom and also, you know, paying off my student loans and, you know, I mentioned I'm a nerd. I'm always taking classes. So like, as soon as I was done. You know, with my master's degree, then I decided, oh, I want to get this gifted and talented licensure, and oh, I want to take this class. And then knowing that I had two daughters that were going to be going to college, you've got the dollar signs going on. And I know that if i I wanted to be a children's book author, I was going to need to take some pretty serious classes and workshops and things to learn how to do that. So that's why it took me so long to get started doing that because I knew that I was going to either need to get an MFA in creative writing or I was going to have to, study intensely under a mentor or something. Thankfully, as an Indiana teacher, we have this special thing through Eli Lilly where you can become a creativity fellow. Through that, it afforded me the opportunity to buy my first laptop and to get to go to a week-long writing conference in Los Angeles, a week-long writing conference on St. Simon Island off of Georgia and to join the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and to start taking online classes, it really launched me into the learning that I needed to know how to even begin. I mean, when I first started, I didn't know if I could do picture books because I'm not an illustrator. So I thought you had to be an illustrator if you're going to do picture books, but that's not how it works. If you're not an illustrator, the publisher finds an illustrator and they kind of play matchmaker. And I've been very pleased with all of the talent that I've been able to work with on these books. Like I tell the students that I visit on author visits, we can always get better. It doesn't matter that I have over a dozen books published, I can still continue to get better. And I need to continue to get better to stay with, you know, the new things that are happening. And now I'm able to give back. I've always believed in Maya Angelou's when you get give and when you learn teach. And I love learning something and being able to pass that on. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I'm teaching a four day picture book boot camp. Just teaching others what I've had the privilege of learning on how to make picture books. There are a lot of people that want to learn how to do that. And I'm able to do that through classes and through workshops. You know, as Zig Ziglar says, you know, when you help others succeed, you succeed too. I believe in that. And that's not why you do it because you want to get that in return, but it just happens.
0: That's incredible. Well, I know publishing, especially for kids, just feels like such an intangible thing. Like you look at that book on the shelf and you're like, how do I even do that? And so you offering the services of showing them like how they can do that is incredible. But maybe for the adult audience, maybe there's someone who is listening today who is really wanting to become a children's author or an author in general. And is just like, I don't know where to start with this. How do I make and write a book and get someone to illustrate it?
1: So it depends on if you're writing like a traditional book, like all of my books are through traditional publishers where I've submitted a manuscript and they've said yes, and we signed a contract and then they kind of take over. They choose the illustrator, they have cover designers, and thankfully, because they know what they're doing way more than I do on that end. But if you want to do traditional route, you don't have to worry as much about, you know, like choosing the Amazon publisher or the distribution and all of those things. But there are so many great resources now. I mean, scbwi.org is like my one that I always recommend. But also there are things like Storyteller Academy that have a combination of video and live classes that people can be a part of. Companies like ReadSy, where you can um, learn through videos, but you can also be mentored and critiqued by people in the industry. There are lots of people, you know, like me and other authors that have services where if you want to be mentored for an hour, or if you want to submit a story and have a critique on it, I mean, I still send off my things for critique. That's another really powerful way to move your writing to the next level is to have a critique group. Many times you'll have something in your own mind that sounds good, but then when someone else reads it and they point out a few things, you're like, oh gosh, I didn't even, you know, notice that, or oh, this is actually terrible. I need to change that. And that is really helpful too. And I've gotten really close with my critique group.
0: As an educator, I'm assuming that education has played a substantial part in your career. So is there like an element from maybe a course you took or at some point in your education that you just apply all the time or you think is just absolutely essential to your career?
1: It's kind of one of those things where like all the puzzle pieces start fitting together. And then when you notice pieces you're missing, that's when I reach out and find that workshop or that YouTube video or whatever. But I think going through my education classes, both in my bachelor and my master's degree helped so much because when you choose a degree, it's more focused. Those classes really helped to form me as the teacher that I am. And helped me on my path so that I knew, you know, what things I need to still learn and how to apply the things that I was learning. And once you finally get that chance to choose your classes and to choose your major or your focus, that obviously is going to help shape what you end up doing.
0: Well, do you have anything else that you'd want to say to maybe someone who's listening in right now who wants to be an author, or maybe there's a kid listening who is wanting to write a picture book as well? What would you say to them?
1: I think it's really about learning and being brave and taking creative risks. I always used to tell kids in my classroom, I would much rather you choose words that are spelled wrong but awesome words than to use a word like fun and make sure you have it spelled correctly like take that creative risk and be brave with what you want to say and try to say it in a new way in an interesting way in a way that maybe it's never been expressed before that's what we want with children's books we want to have new ideas or an old idea expressed in a new way or through a new structure I really feel like the key is, if it's in your heart to do that, to share stories, to write stories, create them, that it's all about the learning and the practicing part, because it is not an easy career. There is a lot of rejection. Even Dr. Seuss was rejected, what, like 27 times or something crazy for his first book. I have a whole collection of rejection letters that I show when I do my author visits at schools to show kids, you know, if I would have just taken my first rejected story and made a paper airplane out of it and sailed it into the trash, I might not have any books today, but instead you can use that as fuel. It's really all about just trying to continue to learn Trying to make it better and not giving up and realizing that this is a business that you have to, ha- I've had to learn extreme patience because the process is really slow on creating the work, fixing the work, submitting it, waiting for replies. And then even after you mentioned my I Love Strawberries book, even after I signed that contract for that book, it was two years before it came out because you have to give time for the illustrator. And sometimes they don't just have a clear plate. It's not a, a quickie thing. They need to know that going into it, too.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. I've really appreciated chatting with you and having you on this episode. Is there a place where people can find your books, or maybe book you for speaking or a conference workshop?
1: Yeah, my website's probably the best way. It's ShannonisTeaching.com, and on there there's a contact me. There's also a place that schools can click on and you can see like my availability. You'll see all the places I'm speaking all over the place and know like if there's a certain week, like, you know, I get really booked on Read Across America week and in April for National Poetry Month because I love writing poetry with kids. I keep that fairly updated on, you know, when I'm available. And there's also a spot for writers. There's a tab that you can click on and you can see, you know, like different, ways that I might be able to help you if you are serious about wanting to write. Another thing I enjoy doing is I still love teaching. And so when I go to an author visit, it's not just me presenting about what it's like to be an author and about my books. I also go into the classrooms and write with the kids. Many times schools will have me come for two days, one day for the kids and one day for the teachers with my literacy coach background. I do a lot of professional development, so a lot of things on how to make writing lessons exciting in the classroom or growth mindset, perfectionism, social anxiety, those types of things. I do half-day workshops on social and emotional learning, and that is so important, especially today. So I'm happy to do any or all of those things if people are interested. Hit the Contact Me tab.
0: Great. Well, we'll definitely make sure to provide a link to that in our show notes. Shannon, thanks again for being on.
1: Thanks for having me, Connor.
0: Simply Why is brought to you by Indiana Wesleyan University. IWU is a nationally renowned, Christ-centered academic community dedicated to providing leading, innovative education opportunities for students of all ages, backgrounds, and life stages. To learn more about IWU's online, on-site, and hybrid programs, visit i n d w e s Dot .edu and make sure to follow us on social media as well. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.